All right, hello everyone. It's Kevin from Goliath Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by Joe. Hiya. And, well, actually, this time it's Bish is unfortunately busy. So, uh, in his stead, we have a very special guest who's joining us today for our October 2016 Resident Evil slash Halloween special. And that guest, my friends, is our very own uh, favorite Resident Evil specialist, Jordan. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so like I said, uh, this month's episode is going to focus on horror games, right? Fits very nicely with the Halloween theme. But don't be mistaken, we'll not just be concentrating on Resident Evil 7. We'll be talking about the other Resident Evil games, and we might, you know, uh, evolve a bit into you know the horror game genre in general, because there's lots of new de- exciting developments that are going on in the industry, you know, with VR, you know, Oculus, PSVR, and all those new, that new, this new tech that's coming out, right? Also, Nintendo NX got announced a few days ago, so there's a bunch of new things that are happening that might affect the genre, right? So we really want to talk about that. But before we continue, I'll just give you guys a refresher on Resident Evil 7 if you haven't been keeping up with the news about it. So, Resident Evil 7 uh, is a first person, and you might be like, wait, what, Kevin? Resident Evil, it's, it's a third person shooter, right? We'll get into that in a bit, but it's a first person shooter and survival horror game, and it's, as usual, it's developed and published by Capcom. This time around, it is written by Richard Piercy and directed by Koshi Nakanishi. And at this moment, uh, at the time of this recording, mid-October, it's slated to release on the 24th of January of next year, 2017. And that's the worldwide release, worldwide release date. It's slated to release in Japan around two days later on the 26th. Again, these dates might change, there might be lit delays, as you know. This sort of stuff is common in the industry. So, you know, wh- why are we doing this? Like I said, it's very nice to talk about uh, horror games because it fits very nice with Halloween, and we all kind of like Halloween and horror games, right? Jordan in particular, like I said. Before we continue with the discussion, though, Joe? Alright, so for those of you who are new to our um, greatness, uh, Get a Life Podcast is a monthly gaming discussion podcast under the Get a Life group. We talk about different types of games, from AAA games to to indie games, though we have more of a focus on Japanese titles. Um, remember, if you want to join on the fun, um, we have our Twitter is Get a Life Podcast, and we can be found on both on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. And if you like our content, you can support us by checking out lootcrate.com/getalife. All right. That being said, uh, let's start off with Resident Evil Seven and the announcements, right? because uh, I don't know about you guys, but for me at least, the announcement was pretty interesting especially on on my third timeline just seeing everyone reacting to it everyone was kind of confused they're like what this is Resident Evil 7 so you know just tell me about your thoughts and your reactions to the you know them announcing at E3 2016 like did you initially think it was a good thing did you agree with you know this new approach that they seem to be taking are you you know more conservative do you prefer the more quote-unquote traditional approach Resident Evil just give me your thoughts well, um, I remember watching E3 Live, and I was, like, in my room with my friend, and I remember it being, like, the VR section of the Sony's conference. I'm, like, I remember seeing, I'm, like, oh, a VR horror game? That's interesting. I remember seeing the gameplay. I'm, like, oh, this looks really cool. And I was getting, like, Outlast vibes, because I just got done playing Outlast, like, that year. And the DLC, I'm, like, oh, this is, this is really cool looking. And then, um, 
I was starting to get an inch more interested when I saw certain things like I saw and seeing certain things. I'm like, this doesn't like this seems familiar now. Like I've seen certain aspects, and then I, and then the variant happened and said Biohazard Resident Evil Seven. I'm like, oh, I was super excited because I, I, I I'm not gonna do it, but I hate Resident Evil Six so much, and then just seeing the tiniest bit of horror back in Resident Evil made me happy. And like I don't care if it's first person or third person, like as long as I get my um good uh horror in a Resident Evil game, like if I fight some zombies like creatures and maybe it, it can still have those like little tiny campy parts of Resident Evil, like I would I would enjoy if the game went full on Resident Evil and then ended with a rocket launcher at the end and drive off in a helicopter. <laughs> That'd be funny to me if it did like, every game ends like that. I don't think I and also because I wouldn't see Resident Evil 7 ending like every other game like that, but if it did it'd be like, oh that's awesome. So I'm like, oh, I'm all good with the first person. I play the demos, that and um the beginning hour demo and the kitchen demo. So I'm like, oh, I played it and I'm, I'm liking the first person. Hmm. Yeah, for me, I was yeah. honestly did not know how to react at first, right? Because uh, mm. I came in a bit late, so I, I I really didn't know that is setting up for Resident Evil Seven, right? So just looking at the footage in the trailer, right? Like you said. Yeah. The first thing I thought of was Outlast, right? Just the, the color hue and the atmosphere and the way it's presented reminds mm -hmm. me a lot of, you know, gameplay I saw from Outlast and Outlast 2, right? And in fact, if you yeah. didn't, if they didn't slap on the giant, you know, Resident Evil slash Biohazard logo at the end, I honestly would not have ever thought there was a Capcom or Resident Evil game, right? Because it looks yeah. very... I, I would expect it to see, like... Like you said, if you, if you didn't show Resident Evil 7 again, I would expect you to see Outlast 2 yeah, playable okay. in VR. Outlast spinoff <laughs> or something, yeah. Right? Because I'm looking at, at this trailer, right? Which is like first person. Mm -hmm. It concentrates on the, the music, the atmosphere, and it's horror, right? And then I look at the last Resident Evil game, Resident Evil 6, right? I'm looking at the gameplay, and it's uh, like, you know, fucking Rambo, guns out, explosions, zombies with guns, shooting at people with guns, and... You know, explosions everywhere, Michael Bay-esque sort of gameplay, and I'm like, what? 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 H how is this Resident Evil 7, right? Because Sounds just like a AAA yeah. video game to me. Yeah, honestly. It's like, it looks it, pretty, it, but everything else is shit. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I was like... You don't need to get started in Resident Evil 6. For the longest time, like, anybody, you don't even have to be a Resident Evil fan to know that the fan base, for like, ever since RE4, at least, has been pushing for, you know... Please, Capcom, give us horror again, right? And then RE5. Came I don't out, know. And people. I think RE4 did horror. I think RE4 did a perfect balance between horror and and um, action. Because I just played Rising of Four, and there's a there's a scene in Rising of Four that made me scared playing it again on PS4. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean Resident Evil 4 was bad, but I mean, like, after that. Because Resident Evil 5 came out, and granted, it wasn't yeah, yeah. a really good horror game, but it was, it's pretty damn well-respected yeah, in the community. It's a, it's a great co-op game. We can't deny that. Yeah, that, that, that's all it is good for, It's being the best co-op game. Because I, I never finished a single player, because it's horrible playing by yourself. But at least, like, Resident Evil 5, sure, okay, it's, it's not, like, a great Resident Evil game, but it's a good co-op slash action game right but then resident evil 6 comes out right and it's like literally resident evil identity crisis the game because it tries to be it doesn't know what the fuck it wants to be it's like uh should i go for like an a third person shooter we could have action a whole route? episode of me just oh. bashing that game oh yeah <laughs> no, like, i, I, I remember... would not test jordan about that <laughs> no i remember like like back when it was still when it was still releasing like the build like the hype building up to it 
it's like because everything looked really cool. It's like the the logos looked really cool, like the trailers looked really cool, and then like reviews start. No, that out, logo then... is still uh, giraffe getting a. <laughs> yeah, but then but then like once they started, once the reviews started coming out, it's like I saw everyone just hating the game. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, this is really really Felt bad. So and I saw and I saw yeah. gameplay. Then I'm like, what what am I looking at? Yeah, I remember being so hyped for it because I love Leon as a character. And I remember the, the, the very first trailer is Leon. I'm like, oh my god. And then they showed zombies and then it went downhill in the second half of the trailer. I'm like, god dang it. <laughs> you, te- you tease me as zombies and Leon. And then it goes all off rails. I mean, like, I, I do admit, I agree with the Joe in the fact that, like, I, I was kind of impressed by some of the RE6 trailers. I mean, uh, especially the the hope trailer that was pretty cool right and they mentioned ada and the, just the visuals looked really nice right i'm not gonna lie the character design as usual is pretty great but it's just the gameplay i don't think i don't know what they were doing i don't think that capcom knew what they were doing either while they're developing it because they were trying to cater to everyone and they just fell flat in their face because like the game at the, the game at the very least could have been a bad resident evil game and maybe no horror but even with that, it could have at least been like a good third-person action co-op game, like five, even six. Like you said, the gameplay in six is just bad by itself. That can't even survive when being a f- stupid, fun co-op game like five is. <laughs> it does not feel like a good AAA third-person shooter. You know, like it does not hold up anything yeah. at all to something like, for example, Gears of War. Right? It's just mm-hmm. that's for sure. And so, like, they- they're trying to go this action route with Chris's campaign, but they're like, oh no, 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 we can't, we can't disappoint the horror fans let's try to emulate this more traditional uh resident evil vibe right so that's if i'm not mistaken that's what they're trying to go for with leon slash ada's campaign and it didn't really work out either right i mean it was nah it, it was like oh maybe, maybe like the first mission too it's like oh this feels kind of cool but the gameplay is still bad and then, yeah. and then when it falls apart it falls apart hard <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they had noble intentions with those two campaigns, and I think that they are the best two campaigns out of the four, because I remember there's uh, there's Leon and Helena's, Ada's, uh, Chris and that other generic dude's, I forget his name, and I don't really care because that campaign is horrible, and uh, <laughs> Jake, Jake and Sherry. Wesker's right? son. Yeah. Yeah. And th- those two last ones were complete and utter shit. I'm, I'm sorry, but it's... Uh, you don't have to be sorry for Resident Evil 6. Yeah. Capcom has to be sorry about that, but <laughs> it's getting back to the subject. Yeah, it's just after their their last game, I just was not expecting Capcom to try to you know push what Resident Evil was back then. Right, Resident Evil was centered around horror, and it's interesting to see that they're they're trying to push this horror aspect again. Right, it's really nice, I, and I actually really like that because they're, they're trying. They actually have a clear goal in mind. It's not like Resident Evil Six, but they're trying to satisfy everyone. They have a clear goal in mind, but I don't know how I feel about the first person aspect. All right, um, I guess I'm kind of neutral. I'll I'll give them the benefit of a doubt because, granted, first person does give you more immersion. Right? Let's not deny that. It's just that third per- like. For me, I mean, I'll say I, I'm more terrified. I was more terrified playing Outlast than any of the Resident Evil games. And if I can get like an Outlast type of terror in Resident Evil with my guns and enemies and bosses and stuff. And like here's I'd, the difference like between like third person and first person. With third person, like you're you're kind of just seeing the character experience these different things. But with first person, everything has the opportunity to just pop up in front of you. So like that's what makes mm-hmm. the, like it really amps up the the horror factor. Especially like 
like I know Resident Evil Seven probably will have like hiding factors. I said like so I know in the tape recordings, that's where you don't have like you're gonna have weapons as a main character. But if you find tape and you watch a tape recording, you play it like in a demo. You don't have weapons in the tape recording parts. And like if you need to hide, like you do in Outlast, first person does pretty well because like let's say like you kind of know where the enemies at, but you can hear them, but like you're hiding, like you don't know if you want to come out. You have to right around the corner. Because I remember playing Outlast, like oh no, I'm gonna come around the corner, and then there's a dude already. It's like. God dang it, I shouldn't have come out. Yeah, I that's, can't tell what's happening outside. <laughs> that's another big difference with, like, third person, first person. Like, with third person, you can kind of see things coming better than f- with first person. With first person, you can only rely on your peripheral vision. Also, like, there's, there's that, immer- like, you know, the immersion that uh, first person has that third person doesn't necessarily have, right? Because, like, like you said, Joe, when you're in third person, you're you see the character in front of you, right? So you're kind of like distance from the action whereas in first person you may be playing uh, a character that's not you but you you see what they see right so you feel everything and it's amplified with vr and this is what another thing they're trying to push vr right so it's something we'll get into later but they're really trying to you know breathe some life into resident evil again and i'm really glad that happened yeah, I'm very uh, glad like they're making the huge quote unquote revival of Resident Evil, like starting with VR integration, because like it's definitely gonna be very innovative and it's gonna it's definitely gonna change everything about horror games in general. That's like the first big triple A horror game I mean VR game too, <laughs> in a way. Also like the one of the aspects they mentioned about Resident Evil Seven is that um there won't be any direct well no characters no main characters from the main series will be appearing in resident evil 7 which honestly to me is very weird because it's like why, why is it called resident evil 7 right because if i feel like some will still appear yeah i don't i like i feel like ada has a real good chance of appearing oh yeah ada is like their the secret weapon here and i think umbrella or the umbrella like they, they probably will appear in some sh- obscure way. i have a feeling someone else will appear but Re- revelations 2 was the last game that came out and that the Revelations is a canon game, so I'm not gonna say who I think is on here. But if you played Revelations too, um, there's a big character, big villain character that could probably appear. That's not Ada. That has and that that that's related. That has that's something to do with Wesker. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember too too much uh, Revelations. I, I never got the last episode, unfortunately. I I didn't really give up on it. It's just I never got around to actually buying the last episode, but. To, to me, at least, um, like if you're a, a longtime fan of Resident Evil, right? I'm not. I'm not going to claim that I am, right? I've played a few games in the series, but I'm not like you know, uh, like you, Jordan, who's played like most of the main games, and you know, you know the games like the back of your hand. But if like a, a fan who knows the series well watches a trailer for a ga- an upcoming game in the series and is unable to recognize that it's a part of the series, I think that someone somewhere fucked up. I mean. If it was a spin-off, right? Okay, fine. That that's understandable, right? Because spin-offs are supposed oh, to have that, yeah. different. That would make, yeah, yeah. Because spin-offs are supposed to have like you know different characters, different s- stories. They're supposed to, uh, you know, be spin-offs. They're not supposed to be part of the uh, mainline games. Right? They they don't need, necessarily need to have this continuity that the mainline games do. But this is Resident Evil Seven, right? So to have this sort of disconnect between the past games and Resident Evil Seven is it, it, it's interesting to say the least. I don't know what you guys think about that. Do you guys welcome these new characters, or do you wish like the main characters would think, appear more directly? I, th- 
think it feels fresh because, like, I love characters like Leon, Ada, and Chris and stuff. But, like, if I had to play as Leon or Chris, they're super strong now. Like, they've seen the fears. Like, they, they had, like, from the beginning of the series, from, like, Raccoon City to the mansion. Now they become, like, agents of the government and UN and stuff. And I, if I was playing, even in first person, if I was playing as one of them, I wouldn't have been that scared knowing how these guys can go up against these huge threats by themselves. I'd be like, oh, whatever, I'm going to go through and destroy being now. I'm a, I'm an agent that has no fear and knows what's going to go on. I'm just going to kill everything as these two characters. I like, like, but playing as a new character is like, this character has no idea what's going to go on. Like, he's just, I'm being thrown in here without anything. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's one of the big, one of the benefits of starting fresh is that, like, you have these, you have these characters who have, haven't been developed yet. Like, these characters that really don't know what, what to expect. And it also, it's also beneficial from a story standpoint because imagine if they brought back characters then they'd have to write them in a way that makes them like get makes them involved in the story and after like what has been happening within the series i feel like that would kind of hold them back because that means like they'd have to connect everything somehow and i thought this thing would be interesting because like resident Evil 7 is confirmed to place after six even though the six was a bad game the story was like a huge global event so i'm interested in like how what's what's happening in the world for that like like what's going on like what's going on with these these um enemies and worlds resident Evil, a huge global catastrophe like i have a feeling some characters will show up they're just saying it so like oh no no one's gonna show up so be like okay i guess no one's showing up and then they do show up it's gonna be like a good story point whether it just be a villain like ada maybe like maybe chris comes in a bsaa and they start wiping stuff out near the end who knows <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, that's a good point, actually. Those are all pretty good points from b both of you. Uh, on that last one, yeah, it kind of reminds me of, you know, everyone's reaction uh, to MW2. I don't know if you guys have both played uh, COD or whether you're fans of COD, but... Um, I MW love the Modern Warfare series. Oh, yeah, Modern Warfare. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You remember how uh, in, in COD 4, right, there's there's the end where, like, sorry, guys, spoilers, but if you, uh, you don't know how COD 4 a, ends, it's, it's, it's kind of like... It's a very like, old game. Yeah, it's a very old game that. anyway, but... Either way, um, wait, 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 wait. We should, I, we should say, although we should say that we should have said this earlier, but just in case, we may be talking about spoilers. So if you're not fine with spoilers, then I would recommend, I would recommend stopping right here. Hmm. Well, you know at the end how like Price, he, he's wounded, right? And you're like, oh shit, does he, does he make it, right? And after you're, you're left with that as the game ends, and after suddenly in Modern Warfare Two. Uh, she fucking pops up in the gulag, right? And everyone just fucking loses their minds. So it would be interesting if if th that sort of reveal does happen in in RE7. I don't think it'll be as direct. It won't be like, you know, fucking Ada just walks across your path. But that is true because playing as new characters, you know, who, who aren't, like, you know, invincible and shit and you know, have gone through hell and back, it's a new fresh start. It's just... And I, I understand that. It's just... It's interesting to me that they choose to uh, name it Resident Evil 7 instead of making a spin-off, right? Because it's not like it's a reboot, it's just, uh, you know, a little caveat, a little deviation from the main series. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a just, like, you know, like, to the Resident Evil 6 was like a global catastrophe. Maybe the world settled down, maybe, like, nothing's happened for five years or something, so now it's, like, just starting fresh. Maybe this stuff will start smaller again. Because it does look like it's a little small Resident Evil 7. It's like this little mansions planta plantation stuff like with resident evil like 7 they have city a and underground bases and stuff so like, no, it's just a little plantation that's out in louisiana out in the middle of nowhere no with kinda 7 like they resident have the chance to kind of like nowhere 7 is kind of like their chance to start over like they kind of like 
they can kind of set new grounds for new characters and like they can still stay in the same universe while also going on a different path and i feel like if they if they're able to get this path if they're able to make this path as smooth as possible then they'll be able to like make resident evil as popular as it used to be yeah, this is like, they're testing waters, but at the same time, they have a really good chance of laying a foundation, right? Because if they fuck up, and, you know, these are characters that we're not familiar with, at least they won't be like, no one will be like, oh my god, you guys ruined, you know, Ada or Leon. So, they also have this sort of backup, right, by starting with these new characters. Another thing that was uh, brought up, and that I read online, and I kind of have to agree with here, is that by starting with new characters, you can also kill them off more right because if you noticed i think that all the the footage they've shown us so far in beginning hour in kit the kitchen demo uh and the lantern demo uh the protagonist or the player that you play as they all get killed at the end right so and if they do it in the story right if someone you kill off characters that creates like you know shock and stuff right and that that's good for a horror game but i imagine that if you're playing as leon or chris and he just gets shanked by a random zombie the fan base probably wouldn't be too enthused, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, got a point there. Yeah, those characters have been through so much, yeah. They, 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 the classic characters died by these people who were like, what, really? <laughs> this After everything they've gone through, just got killed by a, a little punch, choke out, or stab? <laughs> yeah, no, now that not be acceptable. Nah. Well, so we've talked about uh, Resident Evil, you know, in general, but let's move on to the actual, like, footage and gameplay that we've seen so you know obviously the most famous or most prominent uh footage that they've shown us has to be beginning hour obviously right because beginning hour like when it came out literally the timeline was just beginning hour beginning hour beginning hour everybody was fucking talking about that it was all over fucking youtube it was all over the, my, my goddamn out, i was page. sitting there i was <laughs> i was sitting there waiting all night after the e3 demo what i was like i have my ps4 up i have my twitter at twitter up. i was sitting there's like someone someone please tell me it's <laughs> i had no i had no work the i had no work the following day i'm just saying i got i got i download demo boom play it non-stop like i need this <laughs> yeah so what you guys think of the gameplay and the atmosphere that was in the demo well, i mean the gameplay is is pretty straightforward it's like you're you're first person like you have you're in this environment you don't, you don't really know where you are and then you're interacting with these different things and changing the environment or like it's or just altering it in some way i like how it's so mysterious though it's like i don't know what's going on what's it's like it's it's like like with like with like we, like we've said like we don't know how it connects to the overall story Resident Evil 7, so it just makes it so much serious. Like, I mean, like, what's going on? Like, this is Resident Evil, but I don't know how it connects to the rest of the story, so it just felt so mysterious being in the house and seeing everything that's going on. <laughs> that mis this mystery element really pushes people to, to, you know, search for stuff, right? And if I remember correctly, people were trying to fucking dissect the beginning hour demo, because uh, if I remember PT, that's, they, they had the craziest fucking Easter eggs and shit in the PT, and that, that was a teaser, right? That wasn't even the full game. I cannot imagine what the, the full game would have been like if PT itself had all those little nooks and crannies to explore, right? But I think that's what they were going for. Um, yeah. Like, whether it's an intentional or not, I think that you, you can't help but think of PT when you watch or and play the beginning hour demo. Because, Rest you know, in peace, PT. Rest in peace. Rip. Rip. 
I feel like they had that teaser demo like made, but I feel I have a feeling like they were just gonna use it for VR demos and really, really probably weren't gonna put it online. But like last year with PT, they're like, huh, we could we don't need this to be a, an event only t- VR demo. We can just release it right, right now. Someone else did it and it worked well. We can do it. <laughs> the the Kojima Del Toro team was striving until Konami brought down the big camera. What a shame. Konami just I. I, I don't even know what to say. Alas, let's not... But back, back to the demo, though. Like, this one aspect of it, I, really, I think it's really cool. And like I said earlier, like, in how, like, in the main game, like, they said that you're going to have weapons in the main game, but if you find tapes, like, y- you don't have weapons. So, like, I think the aspects of tapes is cool, because in Resident Evil, you can always find, like, little, um, like, logs around. You can read the backstory of what's happened here, what's going on. I think it'd be cool instead of having, like, things you can read. Like, you find the tapes, and that's the backstory. You just play little events. But, like, in the demo, I like the one thing, like, when you like, get the tape, you play through it, and, like, there's stuff in the tape that you can do. Like, in the tape, like, you, you can go over behind the microwave, pick up a lock pick, go over to a cabinet, pick the lock, open it up, and there's nothing in there. But then when you go back to the real world, it's like, there's an, you go over there, and it's unlocked now, because the real world is locked. You go over there, it's locked, unlocked now, and there's an axe in there. You can pick up the axe. I think it's cool like you can maybe like interact with the environment and the tapes and change the real world. I'm like, oh, that's a cool little aspect. Right. It's just like I I do like the like those types of aspects in games, though like I don't want it to go to the point where everything just feels too unreal. Oh yeah, I know. I'm like I don't I, I don't want it to be like you need to do this for every single puzzle. I mean, just like little tiny secrets would be cool. Yeah, no, like if it was like the axe was, like... was just like there to show off like what melee combat could be like in the main game. Yeah, no, like how I expected to be is that Whatever you do with the TV will activate some kind of mechanism. But like, I also like how the TV thing, like, um, when you, like, in the tape that you see them pull the lever and you, they show that, uh, like, secret, like, you go down, you, you get that secret layer to the basement. And, like, I remember replaying the demo the first time, like, oh, I know the lever's here now. Do it, pull it, and there's something, and then there's something else there, because I pulled it before the tape that there was, like, that, um, Forget what it was, or some kind of switch or something. Like, oh wow, that's cool. Playing differently. One thing they really nailed with the the gameplay atmosphere, like you know, think what you will about the first person, right? You you can be against it, you can be for it, but I think we can all agree that they really nailed the immersion with the gameplay atmosphere, all right? Because uh, it, it's kind of like PT. Because um, if you notice the, the soundtrack or rather the lack of a soundtrack throughout the entire fucking demo. It's basically ju- just you, and you're just in the house, pitch black, right? No no music, nothing to comfort you. It's just you and your fucking flashlight, and you're going through. And, you know, sure, there are some elements that are, you know, borrowed from other games. You know, it's your standard, you know, you go up to an object, you press a button to inspect it, you know, you rotate it and stuff. But just the, the graphics and the music, the, the aesthetically, and, you know, they, they really nailed the immersion because you feel like you're actually there, right? And I'm just glad that I... And stuff like that helps out too, like when like dude walk by the, walks by the doorway, it's like, oh. Because I remember the first time I played it, I never saw a dude walk by the doorway because I was looking somewhere. I looked over there quickly, so it, it would activate him walking by, but I looked somewhere else. And then I remember playing the second time, like, oh god, I didn't even know he was there the first time. Like, I just looked somewhere else quickly. Yeah, well, like, here's how I felt when I was, when I was seeing that demo. It's like, I... Th- I had this weird feeling of abandonment when I was when I was looking through it. Um, I haven't actually played it myself, but I have seen footage online. And from what I've seen, it's like 
you you're just alone you don't really know what's going on and then you feel like there's nobody out there to save you so it's kind of like you feel like you're you're on your own and like you have to find a way to escape somehow which i really which i really enjoyed about that demo it really does not hold your hand at all you are just drop you're just this random guy right they don't even give him a name uh he's just the camera guy in the demo right so you're dropped into this fucking house in the middle of nowhere right and it's this feeling of hopelessness right and it goes so well with the setting because it's just this random house uh both your your buddies are there your npcs are there right but then they die right they just get picked off right so it's, it's basically just you exploring this macabre house all on your own right and there's it's completely still it's dead there's no lighting to provide comfort there's no sound to drown out any you know noises going through the house you know any movement it's just you Right, and I think that's one of the main reasons why people liked it so much, right? Yeah. Then it goes from you to from being like, oh, let me explore this place, to seeing the tape and then realizing what happens, like, oh, now I need to escape. But then you start hearing noises around, like, banging on the doors and stuff. It's like, oh, <laughs> how am I going to get out of this place now? And it's like, the thing, the great thing about, like, having, like, being, feeling so alone is that every little sound will will tr will affect you in some way. It's like when it's so like if it's so quiet and like you're walking in like these dark rooms where you don't see anything happening. It's like if you suddenly hear a noise, you're like you, you can't help but freak out. It's like there's like you find you find out like oh maybe there's somebody here, or maybe it's just the wind. It's like it's like it's like it makes you very those kind of environments make you very vulnerable to the things around you. So almost anything can can s scare you to death. And speaking of being scared, I don't know if you guys ever played this game, but it's called Condemned Criminal Origins. It was on the original 360. It's a first-person horror game. It's really terrifying, but really amazing. There was one aspect in Resident Evil 7 demo that made me start freak and then we kept me kind of freak out because I thought they were gonna do what this other game did. And Condemned, like you're done finding enemies, you're like for a little while, you're 30 minutes, you're just exploring around, trying to find your way out, get the keys and stuff, and you find you find a way out. You open up this pit when there's mannequins there. And like you look at them, you look away, they move again, and you look, and they, and every time you move, they're gonna get closer and closer to your back, and they, and like it was just like the second those mannequins in Resident Evil Seven demo turned around at me, I'm like, don't you dare do what that other game did. <laughs> I, I've been through this before. <laughs> I love this that I, I just love that little thing. I just want to mention that because whenever I think of the mannequins and horror games, I think of Condemned and that happened in Resident Evil. I'm like, I haven't seen this ever happen before, since that game. <laughs> Yeah, just ever since watching that one episode of Outro, do you guys um know what Weeping Angels are? Oh yeah, it's like it's kind of like the whole statues turn around, kind of like the mechanic mannequin things I was talking about. Yeah, but it's like SCP. I never, I, I never you, watched you know the show. That, Joe. Um, I only I don't watch the whole show, but I I just watched the one episode, and basically Joe, they're just these um you know those angel statues in parks and stuff, right? You see all the time. Well, they're basically those, right? And but they're crying. And the thing is. Uh, as long as you're looking at them, uh, they don't move. They're just still stationary, uh, regular statues, right? But the moment you look away and they're out of your line of sight, they teleport beside you or near you, right? And basically, they try to kill you. And that's, ever since watching that fucking episode, every time I see a goddamn mannequin or a statue in a fucking game, and I'm like, no, no, s stay the fuck back. <laughs> <sighs> they're dangerous, man. Yeah, no. I'm telling you. But, you know, with all that being said about the uh, beginning hour, 
uh, playable teaser though. Do you guys think it's too similar to PT? Because that's one of the things that was brought up uh, in a lot of the comments and a lot of conversations I had on Twitter, right? Like, oh, oh my god, look at fucking cop Capcom. They're just, you know, sh uh, copying out, they're copying PT. Um, I don't think so because, like, a lot of horror games have walking around type stuff. And PT just did it differently, but a lot of horror games walk around buildings and. Well, here's the big. Maybe like, their secrets. Here's the big crucial difference with. PT and Resident Evil 7. Like, with PT, like, do you remember when it first came out? It's like everyone was playing through it, and they had no idea what to do. Yeah, it's like, because it it became big to the point where everyone was online trying to, like, talk about these different secrets and discussing how to um, find this one secret or find out how to advance it. How to beat yeah, it. Yeah, how to beat it. You couldn't, like, people I, were I haven't beat it. it. I never beat it. <laughs> it was so hard to beat it. Yeah, no, but if you look at the walkthrough and how, like, step by step on how to beat it, some of the things are so fucking abstract. Because I think one of them, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a long time since I've watched videos on it. Because uh, I, I only went to my friend's house and we, we tried to, you know, dick around in it together, but um, I never actually beat it myself. But apparently, one of the steps, if I'm not, not mistaken, involves you saying something into the mic. I don't know if that's true or that's bullshit, but it's just so obscure, right? Like, how the fuck are you supposed to figure that shit out? No, it's like you also have to. I'm trying to remember I, I, I don't how it know went. How the first because, person beat it like that quickly? No, because you also looped around in like the same areas too. It's like it, like the areas were slowly but surely changing. It's like I'd say that's the big thing that made PT so different. Like that, Resident and the one one reason it was really scary because the graphics were really really good. Yeah, no, it was also done by Hideo Kojima so and Gotero del Toro. The Though I must admit that RE7's graphics are no joke either. They are pretty fucking good. Like, they... It's just incredible what they're doing with this new tech. And it's running on the RE engine, I believe. But you know, even RE6 back then, you know, a few years back, even that looks good, right? Yeah, but, like, here's the thing. Ko Kojima, Hideo Kojima is, like, a genius when it comes to creating video games. And... Guillermo del Toro is a genius when it comes to like making yeah they're making movies so like them working together making a horror game especially un under Konami which is which is very famous for their Silent Hills for their Silent Hill games it's like that was going to be a very yeah it was a dream project you know I wouldn't have mind it now when I think of it if Resident Evil 7 trailer when they first announced it would have ended with Hideo Kojima and del Toro <laughs> Well, like, Kojima is just his name. He's, and I might be overstepping myself here. Yeah, I'm, I might be overstepping myself here, but I dare say to the video game industry, or to video game fans at least, he's like, he evokes the same sort of reaction and emotion as Stanley Kubrick, you know, in the film industry, because he's just a fucking mad genius. Right? Yeah, I'd say you're on point there. I mean, yeah, I love his games. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying that. He's just he just generally knows what he's making. Mm. Yeah, I'm just being careful there because I know a lot of there are a lot of really passionate film people would be like, "Oh no, how dare you do that?" But on top of that, you know, Hideo Kojima and uh, Guillermo del Toro. I mean, about yeah, I mean, I'd name, say that I'd say you're a you're a thing was right. I mean, like you, there's a, there's a lot of good game developers out there, but when you say Tojima, it's just like, Koji oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man. Everyone, everyone, everyone knows him. And it's like, yep, I I want it. It's like, you say a new game for Kojima, it's like, I'm, I'm buying it. There's also like the <laughs> bromance uh, between Kojima and Norman Reedus, though, that 
it got everyone hyped because you know Reedus, Walking Dead. How, so he was a, he, a fuck no, no, I love I love Norman Reedus. He is he's just such a badass, right? And he's like a perfect fit for a horror game. And I was like, I can't fucking wait to see what he does, right? In, in PT or rather in no, like I'm I'm very excited for Death Stranding. Like that is going to be a. Very I'm just confused. Game. I I still have no idea what the fuck it is. Exactly. That's that's like the big. That's what makes Hideo Kojima so mysterious. Everything he does has symbolism in it. The way he came out during E3 was the most epic entrance ever for anyone. Coming off that stage with Mad Max Fury Road music, the lights and stuff, and it was like, you know, it just his first thing is, "I'm back." It's like, He's like that's the best entrance ever for anyone. Hello, everyone. I am back. With that Mad Max music playing, it, oh, it's just like so a good. giant middle finger to Konami. It's like. Bitch, you thought you could shut me down? <laughs> I mean, I've already heard, like, working conditions at Konami were horrible, but after oh, yeah. the decisions no, just... they made for the past few months, they've really done a lot to make people hate them. What the fuck is that new Metal Gear game? It's Metal Gear Survivor, Metal Gear Survivor right? And it's just... Yeah. It, they're, basically they're basically trying to milk the hell out of Metal Gear Solid Five. They're like, huh, remember, remember that, that Metal Gear franchise that we're trying to milk? Hey, remember that Silent Hills horror game? Oh my god, horror and Metal Gear, let's do it! You know, it's you know just... The, you know, um, four-player co-op zombie games everyone love? Let's just take zombies, throw into Metal Gear, and use the exact same maps that we already have in the game, and just do nothing different. And just make it so you make it so you use your custom online character to play. That's have you heard of, uh... Money! Have you heard of Alpha Omega right Sin? Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm subscribed to him. He's, have you he's heard of Alpha Omega Sin? Jordan. Oh yeah, I, I, his, I'm so, I'm his opinions were basically summed up how I thought. It's like, it's like it's just a really stupid concept. It's like oh, what's in the Metal Gear Solid Five universe that a ton of people loved, but oh, what's in another dimension where all these different, all these weird things can happen? It's just, it's where does like why? <laughs> <laughs> like I watched the gameplay. I watched gameplay for it too, and it doesn't look good at all. No, it's, it's like, like what? Like I don't understand why this random thing is making them go into another dimension. Is making them fight all these different like? They they don't need a reason. They just want to milk the fucking franchise. Like, That's the only Metal Gear is crazy, but that that Metal Gear is crazy. But even that's a stretch with that ultra yeah. dimension type thing. Let's go back like, on subject. Even though, like there's. Wait, but one thing, there's plenty of there's plenty of good four player co op games out there mm -hmm. that have zombies. You don't need Metal Gear for that. It's the last thing you want to say about that. Right, but anyway, like back to yeah. uh wrestling. To get back on the <laughs> subject, I know that we all we could probably have several episodes, we can have an entire podcast ranting about, you know, why we don't like Metal Gear Survive. But alas, that is the not fuck, the topic the that we are discussing today. Yeah, like Jordan could rant for hours on Resident Evil Six, but you know, unfortunately we do not have that sort of time and uh, that's not the main focus of the episode, but um, going back to PT, believe it or not, that's how this conversation started. Um, going back to PT, I I do have to agree with you guys in that you know it's not a comp it's you know PT didn't invent the horror genre. It wasn't like oh no you know it invented walking in horror games. It invented l inspecting objects, right? But I think the only reason people compare it is because. They're it's like, popular. oh, it's horror, it's horror, and it was being released the same day at a pre yeah. Sony press conference. It, it's like the Blizzard effect, where everything's a buff of WoW, and everything's a buff of you know something that Blizzard made, and it's just when things are popular, people just get really, really passionate about it, and they just direct their anger at the dumbest things. But I must play the devil's advocate here and be that 
and, and say that although like the gameplay in opening our NPC uh, are the same and it's that's not because you know they're copying each other um, I do have to say that I think that um, the concept of a playable teaser was pushed really hard by PT all right because before that people weren't really game companies they weren't really um, thinking of using you know playable teasers as a thing as a way to market their games right so uh, Capcom according to articles I've been reading, they say that, you know, they're pretty adamant on the fact that, you know, oh, Resident Evil 7 wasn't influenced by PT because it was in default before uh, that last. I kind of have to call some bullshit because although they may have developed, you know, the game mechanics and their ideas for Resident Evil 7 independently of PT, I really don't think that someone at Capcom, you know, just was watching the success that PT had, you know, it's huge spike in popularity, and just went like, eh, let's not try to do that with Resident Evil 7, you know, like, no, that, bullshit, you know, they obviously got so, it, it, whether they want to admit it or not, PT, you know, just the idea of releasing a playable teaser, obviously that influenced them, and the way that they created Beginning Hour, you know what I mean? I mean, anyone who, anyone, anyone who played the demo, just like my even my, my even my first thought was like uh honestly i don't really care PT. if they're copying anyone or if they're trying to like take an idea from somebody the idea of a playable teaser is just brilliant to me it's like you're it's like it's it's kind of like a regular teaser but oh you get to interact with the environment and progress on your own you're not just watching like a 1080p video you know what i mean even then it's like it's not like it's gonna no, like, like imagine oh, like imagine with pt for example like once people got to the end and they saw Norman Reedus looking back at them and then the title Silent Hills. Like, imagine how amazing that felt. Oh, it was fucking great for a lot of people, I assure you. But on that note, um, you know, we were talking about PT earlier. Do you think that there's this new playable teaser trend that's, that's going on? Or would you think one's going to start soon? Because, you know, PT kind of started this phenomenon and then, you know, beginning hour... It continued it, and I'm just wondering if, you know, other companies I'd, might be like, huh, let's try that. I'd say, I'd, I honestly don't see it happening too much, that much more. Like, I could see it happening, maybe it's just, like, I, I feel like it works better for horror games. Like, just throw you in this mysterious world, set up the atmosphere, and do it. Like, for example, like, someone like Halo or Battlefield, or some third-person shooter type, some big AAA game try to do it. It's like, oh, that's cool, I kind of know what to expect from the series already, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing, this is fun, but... I know what game I'm expecting, but like I said, horror is like, they just like, okay, this is like the setting. Maybe, maybe it's a building from the world, but it has nothing to do with the main game story, which is going to tease you or what to expect, and now here's all this mystery thrown at you. I think it kind of works good for horror. <laughs> do I enjoy the idea of a playable teaser? Definitely. Do I think a trend is going on right now? Not so much. Though, like, I do think that with these two playable teasers, it'll kind of inspire other companies to make something similar to that, and provide different experiences depending on their types of games so like I, I in other words i'd say like one is like a trend is starting but it hasn't started yet yeah it's not as earnest i kind of have to agree there because uh like like you said jordan it's not something that i picture would go very well with like you know advanced warfare i don't think that if they released a playable teaser no one would give a shit about it no offense to the, the hard-working devs at infinity ward i i you have my respect, but just... Well, here's the thing. A playable teaser would only really work if you're trying to advertise, like, story or, like, the huge environment. When it comes to, like, a first-person shooter, the environments are kind of similar in some ways. And you're kind of... Like, the same premise is still there, like, you're shooting you, things. Any 
any guy who hasn't living under a rock in the past like 20 years knows the basic concept of a person first person shooter right and I, I do think that it works better with horror games but uh, i don't think it in the future there there is a possibility i think of it expanding to other genres like I, I think that you know i don't i don't like saying this name but i will have to say it but stuff like no man's sky it's like exploration games right where you can have this huge universe where you can use oh, no. <laughs> i'm sorry guys oh, no. I, I had to bring I up can, the name <laughs> i can picture the world where no man's sky has a playable teaser and if it's as amazing as the first trailer but then the game comes out like it did t today well, I mean, if any company of a universe where it's good... I can, I can, I can picture it being even worse than that is right now. Well, if any company <laughs> ever does what No Man's Sky did, then they're probably going to go out of business someday because of how much money they're going to lose from false advertising. But they're getting in so much shit about it, though, but... Uh, yeah, let's no, but here's the thing. It's a very Sky. serious matter. It's like false advertising is very is. serious. You made people spend, like, dozens of dollars to pay for a game that isn't living up to its name. Yeah, I remember, remember me and my friend were hyped for, like, space explosion co-op and stuff. I remember the closer and closer it came out, I'm like, hold off on that pre-order, man. I don't know about this game. I'm getting weird feelings. I, I did not like, know I'm what like, people were oh, losing their minds over. I'm like, my weird feeling. I, I didn't I get it. I thought it would be cool to do, like, crafting and fight stuff and co-op and stuff. I, I, I was looking at the co-op type mm. exploring, crafting and co-op and find people in space. No, I think Kevin can agree with me here. It's like, yeah. I didn't really see the hype behind it. No, when it was first no. revealed, it's like I. It was from a company I had no idea existed until. I think it was that's revealed. their first game, if not mistaken, because that's the first time I've ever heard of them ever. I actually played one of their games before. It was just like a funny, like it was just a fun, like Bert, like a uh, trials type of game. I was talking with my mm. friend about it some time ago, and like for any of you listening, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they had some experience with mobile games. And until they started making No Man's Sky, which was their first they made big game. three, they made two, I think two PS3 games. They're called Joe Danger. They're like kind of like Trials, but like it was like oh, I've definitely I've yeah. heard of Joe Danger. Yeah, it was fun. It was a, it was a free PS Plus game. I played the second one. It was fun. So I played it. And I'm like, whoa, those guys are making a big game. So I was kind of kind of like Joe Danger. It's kind of fun for the as a free. I mean, PS I definitely Plus kept title. my eye on it I, because like their... it looked like. I definitely kept my eye on the game because it looked like they had some good ideas going, and for a company like that, like, I'm like, I didn't really hear about them, but if they have these really good ideas, I'll give them a chance. But, like, unfortunately, it didn't really execute correctly. Yeah, no, just looking at their history, all right? Um, and it's it's literally, I'll, I'll read out their entire company history to you, and it's <clears throat> Joe Danger. Joe Danger 2, the movie. Joe Danger Infinity, and then it's No Man's Sky. So, yeah, they're a relatively new company, right? And I, I get that everybody was super pissed off with you know the way that they handled advertising you know like sean murray i don't think he meant to mislead people he's just got really I, I think what happened is he got really excited about the potential for his game so he he started talking about possibilities and stuff right yeah it could be a really good game this is what we could do with the engine the tech that we're implementing the game but it just never happened right and as a result because of that miscommunication people just got really disappointed and that's one of the things i want to talk about regarding you know, playable teasers, because like you said, Joe, if it is a thing that's going on, all right, uh, because, and let's not lie to ourselves, uh, we don't know whether it'll be very big in the future or whether some companies will try it, but um, it's, it's going to happen be, yeah, eventually. It's going to happen, but they need to be story-oriented if they want them to work, because like, 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 like it goes back to your first-person shooter point, like nobody's going to be really hyped for a playable teaser for first-person shooter because the core concept is still the same.
Also, wait, I was going to say, I think a playable teaser should come out maybe at least a year before the game. Because I'm not like, oh, here's a playable teaser. It's one of those games that they come out two years later. And it's like, game completely, game completely changes. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, playable teasers, one of my big fears is I'm not against the... Uh, the idea of playable teasers, right? Because they've had huge successes. Just to give you guys an idea of how how huge uh, Beginning Hour was, it had it broke records, right? I think I'm pretty sure it broke PT's record uh, for most downloads because it got two plus million downloads as of July 2016. That's when I last checked. July, all right. It's probably yeah. That so it's been a couple months. It's been like three, two months and a half since July, and people have downloaded the shit out of it, right? So that's good news right because you want popularity and stuff but there's just so much potential in my opinion for false advertising and like miscommunication between the developers and the the gamers you know as in the case with no man's sky because remember we were we, we love resident evil okay but um if you guys didn't know yet beginning hour actually has little to no connection with the actual main game itself, right? It's more of a proof of concept, right? And that's cool and all, right? But like, Jordan- Like you, besides, you said, besides the house and the main enemy, everything's mm -hmm. different. It's just a proof of concept. They're basically what they wanted to do with Beginning Hours. Like, uh, okay, this is the atmosphere that we want to go with. This is the mechanics we're going to, to try to implement into the main game in Resident Evil 7, right? So this is a little step away from the previous entry in the series, Resident Evil 6, right? So this is what you can expect. That being said, it's very vague, right? So like I said, it's cool, but if you think about other things in the past that were done, you know, like Jordan, you said it yourself, where there's a time gap between the teaser itself and the release, things can change because game development's a very dynamic process, right? It's not, you know, you stick with one idea when you start and you end up with the same idea when you end, it changes constantly, right? And one of my, like, biggest fears is that uh, perhaps with the beginning hour or some other game in the future, what will happen is we'll get an Aliens Colonial Marines issue. Do you guys remember that? I do remember that. Oh, I remember. Yeah, remember the fucking gameplay? That was Baz No Man's Sky. If I, rec if I recall, that was, that was an issue with, like, them advertising... Like, it's, yeah, it's similar to No Man's Sky issue where they advertised one thing and something completely different ended up being released. Oh, yeah. It's oh, like yeah. Both Gearbox well, it and it was Sega were sued horrible. for it, right? Yeah. Yep. Because uh, I don't remember what game oh, show Gearbox, they presented it as. You, uh, you guys are so good. I, I, I mean, I love you, Gearbox, for, uh, for uh, Borderlands, but for everything else, it's kind of like, eh. Well, Sega was, <laughs> involved, Sega was involved in that too, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened. I don't know whether it was intentional misdirection, whether it was accidental misdirection. But the fact of the matter is, what they showed us, I, I think it was an E3. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but either way, they pre they presented, yeah, E3 packs, and they're presenting like a gameplay demo, right? A hands-on demo, and people are like, oh my god, this is this is the, the aliens game that I, yeah, the, the AI was better. This gameplay is exactly what I wanted from an aliens <laughs> game. And then the fucking game comes out. I mean, just know we, we all know how well that went, right? It was just a train wreck from day one. Right? So happy to buy that game. It looks so good from all the gameplay and trailers. Yeah. At, at least we Devils. got our like our money's worth with um, Alien Isolation, though. Like they they. Oh yeah. They I got my money's worth big time for that because I got it for twenty dollars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it was so good. I wish I would have bought for sixty because the game's amazing. <laughs> so. 
what you guys think of the potential for false marketing there? Do you think that, you know, you would welcome more playable teasers? Do you think that, you know, this risk of, you know, lying to the to the uh, well, I think playable teasers playable can te well, playable teasers can have some sort of like relation to the full game, but at the same time, like playable teas a playable teaser can be subject to change. Yeah, I mean, it is just that. It is a teaser. Yeah, like, it isn't, I, it, if they were showing like, a full cool. gameplay trailer, then that would be, like, if they release a different game, like, false advertising. Yeah, I think it's cool uh, at least... seen, and I like the two we've gotten, but mm. I'm, I'm not like, oh, man, because, like, if ever seen, like, if E3, like, every trailer, like, follows by playable teasers out now, so I'm like, yeah, I'm, at some point I'll be like, I'm over it, this is not cool anymore, this is boring. It's like, I don't, I, I like, I'm, I'm not even interested in downloading your teaser anymore. If, if every game starts doing it, because it's like it's over. Like the the, the the little fun of just getting a nice little surprise would be over. <laughs> I don't think any of us are like against PTs. It's just game devs. If you're going to try PTs like people teasers, just tread carefully because if if you succeed, you'll you'll have a PT slash beginning hour effect, and if you fuck up, you'll have an aliens, colonial marines, and no man's sky. Results and th oh, yeah. those are like on the opposite end of the spectrum. What if a playable teaser came out and it sucked? Like what? What if? What if someone put like hundreds of millions of dollars in the game? Playable teaser came out and it was absolutely hated. <laughs> I well, I guess we'll never find out because of Konami. There. Thanks, Konami. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, what if a like if, if a trailer looked cool and the teaser was just like trash and they had this game had is a full AAA game and it's like, I would love to see the studio and be like, oh god, what do we do now? That teaser is absolutely hated. And, like, the game comes out in a year or something. It's like, what do we do? <laughs> I love to see that kind of situation. It'd be, like, panic and chaos in whatever room that has to try to fix all that in a short amount of time. I mean, if a <laughs> teaser sucks, then, like, that's kind of like, the point where you need to listen to fan reception and think about what you can change. No, I'm just saying, like, if, if it comes out and the, the game's comes down not too far too much later it's like how how what would give the delay a whole another year well, i mean with like, as far as capcom's <laughs> concerned i feel like they've uh it's like i feel like they're from what i've experienced with capcom demos is that the they're modified like they aren't just like a portion of the game like that that you get to play they're like modified versions of the game that let you see everything that you want to see um, like I, a good example, though it isn't exactly horror and it's not very not ex related to Resident Evil at all, is are the Phoenix Wright demos, like Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice. It's like for um, Dual Destinies is a better better example. Um, so in the full game, you start off as Athena Sykes, defending your defending the, your your first your your first client, which is Juniper Woods, but in the demo. You, you start off with Phoenix, and you start off in a way that you get introduced to your characters in a different way, and you don't see certain events unfold, and then you go right into defending. So it's like, I feel I feel like what we're seeing right now with Resident Evil is that they're giving us an idea of what the gameplay would be like, but the game itself will kind of play out in a different way. Yeah, well... I have to admit that, you know, we can talk shit about, you know, how No Man's Sky was handled, about how Aliens Clinical Aliens was handled, but in the very least, you have to give credit to uh, Capcom for at, at least being explicitly clear that with people that, you know, listen guys, this is not representative of the final game, this is just a proof of concept. At least they're open and honest about that, right? I'll be honest, I actually like when they said that. It's like, oh, cool. Uh, I, I, one thing I don't like about it, like when demo comes out really early, it's like, okay, you get to the part, you get to the, the games, like, oh, this is the demo part. 
let me just get through this part of the game. Like, I'm like okay, okay, I, I'm, I'm like, I play the teaser. I'm like, okay, I'm down with the atmosphere. I'm down with all this now. I'm okay if it's not part of the main game because that means I can experience new stuff and don't have to retread this old ground. <laughs> We've talked about PT, right? But uh, now I want to ask the question, guys. And I don't know if you'll have an opinion on this, but I'll throw it out anyways. Uh, PT or beginning hour? What, what do you guys prefer? Like, what do you guys, which demo or rather teaser do you guys think was more effective? Well, I mean, like effective i don't know what to say like on everyone maybe it's like resident is on one hand resident evil 7's demo kind of like it's it showed off how different the the series is going yeah it 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 changed how the series is going is going to play out from here like from here on out but with pt like the horror factor was turned up way up and not to not to mention that it, it the playable teaser was so convoluted it's like what if that was reflected in the main game imagine how crazy like these events could unfold like how, imagine how crazy these mm-hmm. events could be then again it's like a double-edged sword right because like there are these crazy ass things that you could perhaps only do within you know like a 30 minute demo right that you necessarily can't necessarily do in a full triple a game so on one side you, you show off all these cool interesting concepts that you might apply and that you think of doing in the main game but if you don't have them in the main game people might get pissed they might get angry whereas i think that beginning hour one of the things that you do have to you know applaud them for is that they they showed off the new direction for resident evil but they did it using you know pretty pretty concrete concepts right there's nothing you know groundbreaking that we've never seen before in uh in the genre right but at the same time it is refreshing to see uh the direction they're going to take, right? Because when they announced it, you know, oh yeah, Resident Evil's taking uh, this first-person approach uh, and more survival horror approach compared to Resident Evil 6, right? Everyone's kind of skeptical. And they did a pretty good job of showing us what they meant by that through beginning hour without necessarily, like, off- offering overly vague promises or uh, proof of concepts for certain mechanics, you know? Hmm. I'd say effective-wise, for me personally, I'd say they're equal. Because of PT... It was horror. It was unlike any other horror game I played. Like, it's so interesting, all the mystery and stuff. And the way it ended, it was like, oh my god, Kojima and Del Toro making the game together with Norman Reedus. That was amazing. And they said, then with them beginning now, where it was like, oh, I can't wait to see, like, getting that nice, fresh feel, like Resident Evil, but feeling it, it, being it feel like nice and fresh again. And having horror there and having this big mystery around it and be like, okay. And it comes out like in about less than a year from the, pe- the teaser and it was like yeah now i'm really excited so like i think both got me super just equally excited for the games that was supposed to come out so i think they both did well for me like i don't like one over the other they both did their job i guess in the end i kind of in the end i kind of agree with jordan it's like they both did they both did very different things like very innovative things that nobody really expected from each respective each respective teaser like nobody really expected PT to be so horrific and convoluted, and nobody really expected um, Resident Evil Seven to to change this direction for its respective series. And like it's in the end, I feel like they both did a really good job at introducing new things, and they they both kind of set like set the bar pretty high for horror games. Oh yeah. And I, I have to agree in that, you know, they're, they're both pretty solid uh, 
teasers, right? And they're kind of like, they're in their own genre. They're one of a kind, right? Not, to my knowledge, no other companies have done playable teasers as well as what Konami and Capcom have done with PT and uh, Beginning Hour, respectively. That being said, I must admit, and I don't know whether this is because, you know, some unconscious bias I have for Kojima or whatever, or, you know, just the amount of coverage that PT got, but I think that even though they're both good, I have to give a slight edge to PT just because, and I know I might sound kind of hypocritical here, the just the fucking mind-blowing ways that uh, they integrated horror and the, the puzzles into the, the teaser, right? Because everybody was on this like wild manhunt for all the Easter eggs and all the secrets within PT, right? And it, it took like entire forms to get to the bottom of the game. And I think that that honestly was something that you don't get often at all, right? The only thing that I think comes sort of close to that is Treyarch Zombies and the, the way that they handle the Easter eggs, right? And Beginning Hour, it did its job. It was really cool and, and it, did, it was very effective in showing people, you know, the direction that they wanted to take with uh, the series now in the future. But just PT, in my opinion, is more innovative and it's more interesting. Uh, th those are my two cents at least. On that note, uh, we were talking about Konami a lot earlier. I was wondering if you guys have any thoughts about Silent Hills, any, or rather, what's left of it. You guys have any thoughts about the way it was announced, the cancellation? Honestly, I like love the way it was announced, and I hate I hate the cancellation. That was yeah. such a horrible way to. It's just, ah, it's canceled. Um, that's yeah, it. Fuck you, Kona or fuck you, Kojima. I just, I, I hate the way that Konami handled it as a fucking company too. It was such bullshit. Well, I mean, um, I'm not like just... my personal, like very immature, like like very like simple responses aside. It's like I, I just want to talk about it seriously. It was a very good gaming concept. Like it was, it definitely like at a, at the time it was something that nobody everyone is very excited for like the dream mm -hmm. team was basically being like working the on holy the trinity of kojima uh yeah like kojima Reedus and uh del toro right it was just yeah norman perfect. norman Reedus, hideo kojima and glamour del toro they all of all of whom are amazing at what they do they were going to work on this on this very like this very serious very horrific game which probably which excited so many people and then to hear a company that everyone that everyone grew up with like having disputes with Hideo Kojima and eventually kick essentially kicking him out of the company it's like in they ended up canceling the game and they ended up going their own way and like they were basically doing a certain action <clears throat> they were acting in ways that are just very unfitting for a company. They're, it's as if they were trying to drive people who have supported him for so long away, and it's it's on it's honestly a shame. It's like the game was probably going to be like I'm I'm I'd go as far as to say it was probably going to be the greatest horror game ever made. Like it is. Yes, we we'll never really know if it was going to be flop or it was going like to be absolutely. I, I was I was just saying your thing. I'm like okay. Just imagine all the buildings, all the places we could have went. That like, that was only like that essentially it's like one little room. Just imagine full on buildings and areas we can go into. Just imagine seeing that huge city of Silent Hill, and the graphics of the Fox engine, and like you're in first person. 
if it, I, I know it's supposed to be in third person, but like just imagine like if you could go to first person and walking around that and still having the fog and like enemies come out of the fog and you can't see that well and you're going to buildings and stuff like and with, and with all the craziness that they, that they could have added to the world Silent Hills with. Right. Oh man, that game could have been so good. No, it wasn't like, even mind blowing. It wasn't even some random horror game either. It was like it was a game that had lots of support. And it was a game that people were really excited for. They because they knew the people working on it knew what they were doing, and if it was coming from the company, yeah, if it was a game com- being made by the company who made Sound Hill, which is a very like uh, just as well, yeah, it's legend. It's a legend of a genre. It was like it's on par with like how Resident Evil used to be, and now to see to see that it was canceled. And to see that, like all these diff- all these decisions made by Konami are, like, have been nothing but, nothing but detrimental. Yeah, and like if we're talking for fresh starts, like Silent Hills has had bad games for a long while now. That would have been a big good like if that game would have been as amazing as it could have been, it would have been a whole brand new start for Silent Hill because the series essentially has been dead for a long time. So there has been no good games that has come out for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, it, it had a such a bright future, and, I, and to this day, I do not understand what exactly went down between uh, Kojima and Konami, because Konami, they, 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 if I remember correctly, they actually asked him to direct the next Silent Hill game, right? And he accepted to do that. I don't know what the I fuck remember happened. That was years I, ago. I remember, I remember years and years ago that that, that that news came out, and then I forgot all about it, and I remember seeing the, the announcement, like, oh yeah, Kojima did talk about that years and years ago. I just un- don't understand how they managed to fuck up that bad. Like, not only did they, you know, get the game canceled, they also alienated themselves from Kojima. And honestly, alienating is a very light word to use here. They they out went, they outright like went were hostile with Kojima. All right. See, even it, seeing the fact that he couldn't even finish Metal Solid Five since it's supposed to be a whole third act of the game. <laughs> yeah, and two w- when he acts. won fucking awards for that, he couldn't accept the awards because they. They threatened legal action against them, and so they had this fucking representative from the company accept it. It was ridiculous. No, honestly, that was going very, that was going way too far. Like you, like it's one thing to kind of alienate somebody from from the company, but to deny them the rewards for working on something that they kind that they nurtured, that they built over all of these years, and to see. Like another company taking credit for it, it's just infuriating. It's like this is his creative work, and he spent all his life like developing a story like this. And infuriating, no- and it and it felt so good though. The Game Awards show when Jeff said that out loud live on the internet to everyone watching the Game Awards that Konami blocked him from coming, and just seeing the crowd cheering for Jeff, just just. Just like screwing, screwing Konami, and the whole internet's like, yeah, fuck. It's like, yeah. Yeah, there was a hashtag going on, if I remember correctly, like fuck Konami or something, and it's just they, they, they deserve no, I'm, it. I'm very, right? yeah, I'm very glad somebody spoke up during those game awards. It was, it was honestly a dick move. Like they, they, he deserved to be acknowledged the way he should have. He deserved to be acknowledged in a way that. Like that should have gave him like lots of recognition, lots of praise, and that was all taken away from him just because of a dispute by the company. And now he can't even work on these games anymore because Konami owns the rights to them. 
Like, he, they basically stole his rights and pushed him away. Well, look at Metal Gear Survive, right? He, he has no fucking control over that, right? Because it's all, it's all Konami. And I think that it's that level of bullshittery is insane. It's they Konami is effectively at, well, they were and still are acting like five-year-old children pouting over some, something that they can't get, right? So it's such a BS that a game that had so much potential it was just really canceled. It just really rubs you the that. wrong way. It's like they, it's kind of like if you had, if you were drawing in your notebook, like, and you were a very good artist. And in some, you ended up missing. You end up losing your notebook, and somebody found it and took credit for it. How are you going to prove that was yours? Oh, not not only that, not only that, not only they're taking credit for your fucking work, they're also taking your work and then fucking ruining it. They're just taking fucking a big ass permanent marker and they're just scribbling all over your fucking work in front of your face. That's what Konami was doing with Metal Gear Survive. It's like, you can't, I can't forgive them for that. It's like, it's just, like, it's not even, like, oh, like, fuck Konami and yada yada yada. It's just a very, like, very horrible choices they made, and, like, it's, it's honestly a shame. It's, I pity them. Konami's the first company, even though they're probably never, even though they're, they're, they're done probably making console games. (laughs) They're the first company ever, I'm, I look at it, like, yeah, your games, I ain't buying no matter what now. (laughs) Brand new. No, you ain't get, also, I also... Can't I can also see Sony in the future just rubbing into Konami even more, like just just like I I could see them at a I could see them making like you know how like it's always a Hideo Kojima game in the box art. We know it's there for Death Stranding because it was in the trailer, but I could see them trying to make fun of Konami in a way just like 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 on E3 just have huge words on their on their screens a Hideo Kojima game then show a trailer. <laughs> I know we've been talking a lot about Konami, right? And we could talk a lot more about Konami, all right? Because there's just so much to say about that company. And unfortunately, almost everything, or I'd go as far as to say everything about that company is negative. But, you know, enough of that. Let's let's talk about Silent Hills in a different way. Because we've talked about the game itself. We all know it was cancelled, right? But even though it was cancelled, to, to say that it didn't leave a mark on the industry would be... To bullshit yourself, right? Because, like it or not, it did leave an impact in the industry, and that's a good thing, you know. Because there are lots and lots of uh, games that are, you know, kind of taking up the mantle of what Silent Hills was meant to be, right? So, I just want your opinions on that, right? Because do you, do you think that it's good that you know games like Allison Road, which honestly I was pretty damn excited for when they they announced it, right? There are some people like, oh yeah, why why are there so many clones of of Silent Hills going out? But you know when I hear games like Allison Road and stuff, I'm excited, right? Because I want to play Allison Roads. Yeah, because Silent Hills, <laughs> unfortunately, due to some corporate BS, will never see the light of day. But if I can get something, you know, at least half of what. Silent Hills was meant to be. I'll be fucking happy, right? Oh, yeah, I saw that news a while ago. Yeah, like it was some time ago. It started back up. It was it was um, canceled and then it was brought back up for some reason. Yeah, if I remember correctly, the, the way it, what was happening is that um, they're basically kickstarting it, right? But then the, the devs are like, "Oh, don't worry, guys. We we partnered with this publisher and uh, we don't need your money anymore, right?" So they just like canceled the Kickstarter or something. Then. Um, a few months later, because of some issues that they, you know, they didn't disclose, uh, they are no longer partnered with a publisher. So they're going it back to It seems it was company issues. The publisher because... was the guy, are the guys who make the Worms games. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there's some issue or conflict, and now they're restarting development, but with like reduced staff, I think. 
Yeah, it was and, most likely yeah. a staff issue because it was most likely a staff issue because I'm reading right now that like it's from from IGN like in a statement to IGN, Allison Road creator Christian Kessler confirmed that he would continue to work on the game on his own. This time under a new label called Far From Home, co-founded with his wife, who was also his business partner. So I assume like maybe there were issues with the staff, and that's why he's kind of working on his own now. Yeah, see, I didn't mention that because I thought I was reading it wrong when he said he's literally going to start on his own. And now I'm worried because when someone says they're starting an entire game on their own, then, I mean, you can be talented as you want, but even Kojima cannot create a game on his own, right? There are countless people who worked on titles like Metal Gear, uh, Resident Evil and stuff, right? I just, unfortunately, I, I don't see how, uh, unless something changes with the staffing and he gets more people to work for him, I don't see how Allison Road will be able to meet its original goals. So, you know, we, we talked about pretty much, we, we've almost talked about everything regarding horror games. We talked about Resident Evil 7, you know, I mean, we have more Resident Evil 7 details we can go into. I mean, there's the Resident Evil 7 There's so trailers. much to talk the about. The, teaser, the teasers are pretty now right now. Hmm. So we talked about, like, what they've told us so far, and, you know, the past of, you know, the Resident Evil series, and, you know, more traditional, uh, mechanics and horror games right but one of the interesting things you know that's coming Surpri up i'm surprised how how far they're actually going back to tradition though like i said one of the teasers is showing like the inventory box and stuff I'm like well i didn't expect the inventory box a save room the typewriters like i knew they're going back to horror but i didn't know they're going to like save rooms uh, inventory boxes safe spots uh, super limited super limited inventory i'm like that that is straight up resin with one two and three right there it's like back in the day of like you know game cubes and other older consoles where if you wanted to to save something and you didn't have a fucking card you you left that console on you did not touch the power button you just left that shit on <laughs> right but um uh, we talked about past games and stuff right but i was wondering what you guys think of these new possibilities that are popping up for horror games right because there's a whole lot of talk about vr and other tech that's being pushed for re7 right so, what do you guys think of PSVR integration in Resident Evil? Well, I mean, we should ask Jordan because he's the one who, who won a freaking like bundle from Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. Please elaborate, Jordan. PSVR, um, system, the, the VR system sellers will be horror games because goddamn horror is amazing in VR. <laughs> Okay, one thing that's cool though is um I played okay so you know how the kitchen demo is only for VR. Like I kind of watched a demo bits snippets here and there I'm like okay but so I put the thing on I'm not as terrified cause I kind of know what's going on because I watched it before I even got VR, but it really gets to you and she's like you can see her like I saw her dash in the corner I'm like oh I see her I'm seeing her watching her the dude trying to cut me and I see her move again I'm like I know it's coming up because it's the very end of the beginning hour demo and she stabs him, and then she gets right into your face and it's like. Of instinct, like I wasn't even thinking of a game. An instinct, she puts this knife and she puts it right in your face, and the, and I just, I just started moving my head back, and as you move your head back, she moves it closer and closer to your face and moves around, reacts to the way you're moving your head. It was so cool, and then like, you know, then she takes intense. the guy back. Just it is. Yeah, this just is like watching a, the demo. Like I can't imagine what you were feeling and experiencing when you were playing it. Yeah, dude. Because right? like, the thing watching is, it's so much different playing it. Like, yeah, it feels like that knife is like less than an inch from your face, especially when you're moving your head. If she moves it closer to you, it's like, oh my god, this is so cool. What does the I don't know how the VR works exactly. Does it um, does it have a way to send audio to to your ears? 
Oh yeah, it has, it has like those little things like this little white bar on the cable, and you just plug in your headphone right there, and, and you put he your headphones on. And That's the thing. Immersion, the like we were talking so, about like, how immersion was great. Like y y your whole face is covered. You can hear everything. It's like this is so. It's so good in VR. Like, it makes me excited but terrified to actually walk around and look around in the houses and stuff in Resident Evil 7. Because that's just me sitting in a chair. Like, I can't wait to sit here, play the game, maybe be behind a box, just lean my head over and just barely see someone walking towards me and try to move around and stuff. And maybe, like, I could just see it, like, it'd be terrifying if I don't know this enemy and I just turn my head around and someone down the hallway. It'd be, like, scary as hell. Like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I ain't dealing with this. You be, basically it'd, described it'd, it'd be, what it'd be so I... much more terrifying VR, but I'm so excited to try it out. You basically described what I feel about VR and horror games. I mean, it's so, it's really great because you know, taking keep in mind that we were talking about just how great the immersion was. You know, for uh, for RE7, you know, just on standard television without any VR, you know, with the sound graphics, right? But with VR and the way it, you know you're fully immersed in the game with fucking earbuds and your entire field field of view. Is the fucking screen? Well, question. Just, um, for PlayStation VR, does it like how's it connected? Is it wire? Is it wireless connectivity or like if I want to use it on PC? Wired. It's like it's one wire. I mean, it has like a couple more wires, but it's like when you're standing up and wearing it, it's just one wire from the console. Yeah, it has like this little um connector. Like you take the uh HDMI from the back PS4 and you plug it into like this little like splitter. It's like a split. It's like it's like a splitter box type of thing. Oh, uh, because I was wondering if it had PC support. I remember reading something that Sony might add PC support in the future, but as of right now, if you do a PC, it's just gonna be like a, a like a little viewer type of thing, like a big screen mode, for the time being. But yeah, like it's also interesting. Like you said, you said you said enter like an immersion of sound. Like it, you have the headphones on, you can hear her walking around when she disappears. So like she's kind of sounds like she's behind you. You can see you can hear her move, hitting something in the kitchen, and then like finally like time runs by and like wherever you're looking, she just grabs you from behind and like she puts her hand her hands around your face and pulls you pulls the character back. It's like this is terrifying but amazing. Because if I was playing that on TV, it would have been, wouldn't have been as terrifying. But it's like this is amazing. It it's so the good. next level of immersion, yeah. right? And like uh, even like I played another horror game. I don't, I didn't buy it, but it was on the demo disc. Like Kitchen was. It was called Here They Lie, and it starts you out in like this destroyed like like apocalypse type of world in New York City. I'm like in the subway, and like you, I did, I was like you use the controller to move around, and I'm like I want to look around. Like your your head is the flashlight, so I'm moving around super dark. And I'm looking. I can hear noises. I saw this enemy. He turned around, looked at me, ran away. I'm like, oh no, where are you? I remember walking around. I looked, I looked around the corner, and here's a someone. He started chasing me. I'm like, oh fuck, just running. I, like you can hear him behind you and stuff. It's like this is so good, dude. Like you, you can hear him behind you. You know they're behind you, but if you turn your head, you can kind of see them. It's like you're just trying to get away, and like your head's the flashlight and super dark, so you have to move your head to where you want to look and stuff. It was so good. Yeah, I just. For me, like, I, like, I can't, I can't imagine playing if if a uh, PT was out for VR. Oh my god, that would be horrifying, to say yeah. the least. Just for me, I I like horror games, but the thing is, I I have trouble playing, you know, rather tame horror games already, like Resident Evil Revelations. You know, I, I'm already on edge with some, you know, rather light games in the genre. I cannot picture myself going 
like all out and getting a VR headset and going to play horror games because just watching the video on my computer screen like no VR or anything just watching the, the kitchen demo right and having that zombie woman whatever the fuck she is pointing her fucking knife in your face is fucking terrifying right that alone is terrifying but having it like cover your you entire don't field know with you, you don't know just... it, like she like you don't know she reacts to you until you have the VR headset and you're moving around it's like oh god this is different <laughs> Like, she's reacting the way I move my head and stuff. Like, you don't see that in a demo. I, I can picture um, some people, like, most, having seizures or just really, really bad reactions to it. Because, you know, some people, you know, they're they're faint of hearts. So, I, don't know, I have a feeling that if we're going to go ahead with VR and horror games, it's going to be for... The the more bold people. You know, not people like me. I don't think I'll ever touch it. You no, know, I'll admire it. It's cool, but for me personally, I don't think I'll I'll dabble into VR and horror games. That that combo for me is just too much. <laughs> I'd say VR is the future of horror. Like there'll be a lot more first-person horror games just because of VR. Like, because I'm like, if you get a good horror game, if if it's good already, just playing on standard-wise, and you put it in VR, and it's it, it's gonna be a whole other experience. Like I would love to play replay Outlast because Outlast is terrifying. That game was crazy. But I couldn't imagine playing certain scenes in Outlast in VR, especially a certain scene in the DLC. Certain scene in the DLC would be beyond terrifying in VR. <laughs> It'd be so different. Uh, well, here's the th I think the fact that people are getting so sick is kind of... I think, in a way, it's kind of what the developers are aiming for, because they want people to feel like they're in that environment. And because, like, here's the thing. If you put me in a room with like a weird mutated abomination like i'd probably feel really sick and probably really just talk just talking about this is making me like i was already hyped for resident evil 7 i'm beyond excited like i'm my hype's on a whole nother level after playing vr it's like I, this game is gonna feel so crazy especially like now i get to experience weapons shooting terror like exploring these places and Every that complete immersion. <laughs> Resident Evil Seven is gonna be a whole another whole another gaming experience once I actually play it. I actually have Probably a question like for you, uh, Jordan. I think a lot of people might be interested in it. Uh, from your experience with the PSVR headset and Resident Evil Seven or the demos at least, uh, how comfortable was it? Because at least from the articles that I've been reading on Kotaku that were posted like you know a few months ago, right? So things could have changed since then. But uh, a few months ago, Kotaku, I think it was Jason Schreier or someone else, uh, who posted an article saying how uh, playing PSVR with RE7 was pretty nauseous. Do you got? Do you experience that at all, or was it good? I think I think I think PSVR not 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 just Resident Evil Seven. I think every single game I played, it's it's very comfortable. Like the headset, the headsets really comfortable and also like they have this nice thing on the front you hit a button you can extend it out like if you have glasses on because i wear glasses i can just extend this thing up with a headset on put it push it back and it's like real i can wear my glasses i have like they have, they have this option you can go in the settings on the screen you can like adjust it so you, you, your vision's like perfect on the headset it's, it's a very really comfortable and nice headset honestly it really i'm oh, sorry to interrupt you jordan but it really depends on, like, how exposed you are to these games to begin with. Because Jordan is, like, a diehard Resident Evil fan. So, like, naturally, like, if he was, if he had VR on, then, like, he, he'd feel, like, he'd feel a little more affected by what he's seeing. But, 
since he's already seen like how serious and how how gory Resident Evil can be, it's like he's kind of used to it. But like, uh, uh, beside like as opposed to somebody who may who's only played a few horror games in their time, and like once they put on VR, like something they're not really used to, and they see something so detailed and something so gory, then they're it's only natural for them to feel really nauseous. I guess it is interesting getting a scene stick, someone getting stabbed, and the character stabbing you in the leg and having a knife in your head face. It's different seeing that in VR than just seeing it on the TV screen, a 2D image. Oh, yeah, and it's just. Because it's interesting. I mean, she stabs you in your leg, and you look down, she has this knife in your character's You're leg. You're fucking and gushing stuff, and blood and like, shit. Oh, my. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's just, like, VR, it's, it's so great, but at the same time, it's terrifying in a way, and. As long as it's not nauseous, I think that you can have a very good experience with it. And I, I'm I played, glad to hear that they, every, they resolved yeah, Every single demo I played was every single demo I played was comfortable and good. Like the shark attack one was really awesome. Be underwater and shark comes flying. The other one was really cool. Uh, you probably seen it because it's one of the demos they show off the most. It was called London Heist. It was really cool having one move controller shooting at Uzi and having another controller take picking up a magazine. And reloading it physically into the bottom of the gun to reshoot. Like, that was so cool. It's like, it's so different than just saying square and, like, automatic reloads. Yeah, so. The Nintendo VR's fans awesome. out there are like, but the Wii did that too! <laughs> uh, the Wii never did that reload. Hey, we're not here to p- the point good. fingers. <laughs> yeah, but it's cooler in VR just doing that. <laughs> like, like, like leaning in the door and you use one controller, open up a door in the car and you're shooting out, leaning into your head and stuff. It's so cool. And, and then one game I need to mention that everyone's seen and, and probably has to play just because it's so fun and st- stupid but fun, um, Job Simulator. Job Simulator is so fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that so fun one. I've play. heard of it. Yeah. That I one. I love that demo. <laughs> Honestly, and E-Valkyrie is also cool being a spaceship, shooting other spaceships, yo, flying around. That, that was amazing. Just as a pilot and as a guy who's a fan of of space sims and flying sims eve valkyrie looks fucking amazing and honestly in respect i probably shouldn't have asked you about vr jordan because now i'm just really fucking jealous i i want vr now you know what you need to do kevin you just need to buy a bunch of taco bell boxes and hope you win like our (laughs) lucky winner over here foolproof strategy meanwhile i'm looking at my wallet and i'm I'm crying at the sight of like the 30 bucks that it has in it (laughs) Okay, you know, Jordan, I'll never, I'll, Kevin, I'll always in the future, <laughs> you ever give VR, first game you're buying is Eve, because Eve's amazing. I played the demo, the demo was mind-blowing. Jordan, I'll never forgive you for that, like, people like me have to spend hundreds while you just got it for, like, six dollars. Like, I got, I got, if we, if we want to calculate everything, it was like 15, and only what two of those were mine. <laughs> but yeah, we, we've talked about... Pretty much everything about Resident Evil Seven, you know, the new approach, the new mechanics, you know, how it contracts contrasts with old ones, you know, PT and you know this, whether or not there's a new trend, Silent Hills, and now we've even talked about VR, right? So I think that we've, in all, I think we've had a really nice discussion about Resident Evil Seven and horror games, and now I think the final question I want to ask you all. And I already know what Jordan's going to respond, okay? Let's be real. But do you guys plan on buying Resident Evil 7? <laughs> Jordan, no, you want to go first? <laughs> no, why would I buy Resident Evil? 
He'll he'll just win it from Taco Bell. Just just one. Oh my God! This is all. Been Kevin, fake. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> He's just gonna win everything Rezzy. from Taco Bell. Just just Rez, watch. Resident Evil Six is actually my fail. I can't even say that out loud. Fuck Resident Evil Six. I'm buying Resident Evil Seven day one. <laughs> I already have it pre-ordered. I had it pre-ordered since like E3. <laughs> just because it's Resident Evil. And I the moment it was available. Jordan's just there yeah. refreshing the page. <laughs> Uh, Joe, what you? Playing Revelations, especially after playing Revelations 1 and 2. It's like, okay, I'm liking where the story's going after 6. <laughs> um, I probably will buy it, actually. Um, I'm, I'm still thinking about it, but... Like, Joe. Uh, hmm? Joe. What? Play Resident Evil 4, the, my favorite game of all time first. Is it coming to PS4? It's already on PS4. Already is? Can we do co-op? Yeah. No, it's, no, it's single player. Damn it. <laughs> well, you can get Resident Evil 5 and play co-op like that. I mean, you can. I beat Resident Evil 5 like five times already on PS4 co-op. Yeah, Resident Evil 5 is <laughs> I mean, legendary. It comes to co-op. I mean, all of that aside, I definitely will get to that, Jordan, but like, re since Resident Evil 7 is kind of like its own thing right now, I think it'd be safe to kind of jump into the series at that point. Um, and I'm, I'm probably... Four or, four or chances seven. Are, four or seven. <laughs> chances are it might get PlayStation VR around Christmas time. So, like, I'll be prepared. I'll be able to play it with, with PlayStation VR. Which would be very nice, and probably very horrifying. With Resident Evil Seven in VR, I'll have a lot of toilet paper ready. Yeah, for as for me, um, I probably will buy it, but will I try to get PSVR? Uh, will I try to get? Would would I try out VR integration? Fuck no! I'm just, I'm not that type of guy. You know, I'm just too much for me. I'll I'll, I'll try it on its own. You know, I'm comfortable with my small twenty four inch screen. I'm happy with that. And I'll probably see where it goes from there. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't play any game VR this early. <laughs> I, I actually, I never, there was never a thought in my mind. Yeah, but Jordan, if you win another VR, a PSVR set from Taco Bell or or KFC or any place for that matter, do you mind um, <clears throat> sending it my way? <laughs> maybe, maybe I can have you and Joe fight to the death. Dibs, dibs. I beat you, Joe. <laughs> no, no, nope. I'm sorry, but uh, Jordan loves me. And I think he would send it to be more than uh, than someone like you. I already did send him Ruby Volume One. Yeah, like it doesn't like it, he'd <laughs> love to send it something bastard. else too. No, he would be as great. Thank you. There's been times. There's been times when I like I sit back and like Joe still hasn't finished Volume Three. Maybe I should send Volume Two and Three. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a hardcover for motivate that, him. There's there's a steelbook for that Fan now. You shit. could actually buy it for me. Eh, huh? Huh? No, I'm kidding. Now we're going off track. Now yeah. We're going off track. But I will tell you to finish it again. It doesn't matter that uh, we we've been having a great discussion, and <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I mean, we're we, going, we only we're went going, off topic I mean, like seventeen times. But I think that you no, know, I meant, I meant like we're going off topic from games, and now we're going to Ruby, which is something I love, super crazy too as well. So we can sit here for another couple hours talking no, like, about that. Here's the thing: Jordan's love for Ruby is my is the equivalent of my love for Dagoropa. I already, I already watched Volume 4, Episode 1, six times, and it came out yesterday. It's a 20-minute episode. I watched it six times, and it came out yesterday. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it a couple more times before Volume 2 comes out, and I'll probably watch it Episode 1 and 2 back-to-back -back next Saturday. But yeah, guys, we've had a great discussion on Resident Evil 7 and on horror games. I think it was really fun to have. We only went off-topic like 17 times, but no matter. You know, that's the spirit of Gulp, though. You know, we have tangents. Tangents are fun. Right, but thank 
thanks to both of you for being on this episode. Thank you, Jordan, especially for uh, lending us your expertise in Resident Evil and Resident Evil 7. Oh, we can have an entire episode dedicated to that. You know, let's spend date, an a- another <laughs> hour and a half just talking about Resident Evil 4. You would like that, wouldn't you, Jordan? Oh yeah, I, I can go deep. I, I know that hand like the. I, I know that I like the back of my hand. Every secret in that game, I know. <laughs> Alright, right so this through. is now a uh, walkthrough podcast. Uh, Jordan is. is now starting his Start- Resident Evil 4 walkthrough. Start up your games, because I'll show you everything. <laughs> but yeah, guys, if you guys want to tell us about your thoughts on Resident Evil 7, or you know, join in discussion about why Resident Evil 6 was complete crap, you can uh, talk to us on Twitter, because we all have Twitter profiles and email. So my Twitter handle is at the Tempest Phoenix. So it's Phoenix spelled F-E-N-I-X. Uh, my, mine is Kibogamer spelled K-I-B-O-U-G-A-M-E-R. Jordan? Mine is the Neotaku, which is T-H-E-N-E-O-T-A-K-U. And we can't forget about um, our good friend Bish's Twitter handle, which is which is at Get a Life Podcast. Yep. So send him your thoughts on Resident Evil. I don't even know if Bish plays Resident Evil, but he would like to know your thoughts too. So right. don't leave him alone. Also, if you know you're not a Twitter type of guy and you still live in the 19th century, you can also use email. There was um, emails yeah. in the 19th century, <laughs> dude. That's like the 1800s. There isn't Doctor Who, probably. But if you want to contact us through email, you can do so because there is P. So you can email P at galp.pea at gmail.com. Other than that, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this Halloween special. And I'll see you next time. I love all of you. God damn it, Joe. God damn it. (laughs)